Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Higher Learning is on. It is I, the Mac Man, Van Lathan Jr. Okay, explain that. And it's me, Rachel and Lindsay. Why are you the Mac Man now? Because I got a new computer. I got a Mac. Did you I have a, a PC Mac. before? I had a PC. I've, al- I've always been a PC guy. This is actually a big decision, right? When it you is. make the leap from PC to Mac, there's usually mm-hmm. a big reason behind it. Why? Yeah. Why? Why? Coleco's like, it's time for you to get a Mac. Yeah, that's what. <laughs> My girl. Yeah. Uh, it, it's like, it, it, it's, it's, I was going to replace the battery in my old one is like get a whole new computer. And, but I will, I still will replace the battery in my old computer though. For why? Because sentimental value. All right. You know, I've been through lots of laptops. I went through a streak of getting laptops stolen out of the car. I mean, why would you leave your laptop in the car? It's, and this is the way I, I look at it, right? Mm-hmm. God was trying to tell me not to leave my laptop in the car. I kept thinking, hey, leaving your laptop in the car is fine. And every time I would leave it in the car, God would be like, no, it's not fine. You're stupid. I would One think that la- you'd get that message after the first time, but go ahead. Well, the first time they stole the laptop, it was TMZ's. And so I didn't really care. Right. You, know? you didn't, I was you didn't like, pay for it. <laughs> Whatever, nigga. But uh, then, and it's like, no, nothing can ex- nothing can describe the sinking feeling of coming to your car and knowing that it's being broken into. I compare it to only the feeling of your car being towed. Have you been towed before, Rachel? Oh my gosh! Every time, yes, and it's always after the club, <laughs> <laughs> which is the worst. I mean, to be honest with you, it's the worst. But the thing about being towed after the club is you only get towed after the best club nights. Mm. You have so much fun. Mm. You, you're in there. Apple bottom jeans with the fur, with the fur. You going crazy. Oh, shit. Man, I'm going to fucking live forever. Yeah. <laughs> and then you walk outside. And it's funny because you know where you parked. <laughs> It's so true. <laughs> it's so true. But you try to rationalize it in your head, like maybe like you know. Yeah, <laughs> you like you know where you parked. You parked right there. That's where you parked. One time at a club, they literally stopped the party and they go, "Hey, y'all, if you parked in this parking lot in this shopping center, they out there towing folks right now." So mm-hmm. everybody ran out the club, and no cars were there. Because what the tow company did, they hid the cars in neighborhoods because they couldn't take them back all at the same time. So they were taking, they could only take like two or three at a time. So they take them, go back into the neighborhoods and get the rest of them. So when we showed up to go get our cars, they were like, your car's not here. We have no record of your car. What ended up happening was they lost my car in the neighborhood that they towed it in. And I had to call the judge and say, I need, I need you to come here. It's like five in the morning. I need you to come and get, my dad was so mad. And then he didn't believe me. Mm-hmm. Took me out, we found, found the car, parked behind a church. They, Isn't that crazy? Okay, this has got to be illegal. I'm going to be honest with you. 
I'm going to go back to the Toka Trunk Company. And I'm going to put my fucking hands on somebody. <laughs> I, if you're going to tow my car. See, I don't like shit like that. If you're going to tow my no. car, tow my car, right? Don't tow my car to somebody grandma my house and then leave my shit there. And you then forget I mean? about it. And then forget about the car. First of all, don't try to undercut your capability. You know, if you don't have the capability to tow all the cars, then that's just my lucky night. Don't take away my lucky night. I was having the night of my life. Right. And I was in there. Pew, 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 pew. Pew, pew. Pew, pew. Ah, baby. I was in there jamming. And you don't know what song that was. It could have been PYT or it could have been Good Life. <laughs> One song samples the other. But I'm having the time of my life and I came out and my car got towed, but really it wasn't supposed to get towed because you were supposed to not have the capability to tow it. But you came up with the workaround. You nigger rigged towing. Basically. Can't believe it. I never heard anything like it. Ironically enough, Webby was performing that night in the club. I vividly remember this. Oh, well then that's what happened. They was like, Webby's in there performing. We know we can get a bunch of motherfuckers. It was like, and they probably got a bunch of people because when Webby's performing, you're looking for people who are illegally parked, but you're also looking for people who are just driving completely illegally. You know? (laughs) Well, that wasn't me. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Have you ever driven? What's the dirtiest you've ever drove? Have you ever ever driven without your license, without insurance? Yeah, like I forgot my license or insurance. That's No, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. Oh, like expired? Like it's expired or suspended or gone. Never. One time in my life, I don't know if I've talked about this. I was completely illegal. Like totally illegal. Like everything is illegal. Like expired plates insurance all of it like, all of oh it so, so check it out so there are five ca- there, there are all of these categories in louisiana there's plates there's license there's insurance there's registration uh and then there's a little sticker in the front of your car right i guess which i guess is your registration registration mm-hmm. i was four for four <laughs> bad license Bad. I didn't actually get the license fixed to maybe like uh, 2018. And what year did this happen? It's 2003. I can't handle that. I I, I don't even know how you handled that. <laughs> it's too much. Alexa, play living on a prayer. <laughs> Alexa, play living on a prayer. You and didn't have to show your ID anywhere. I have, but I had a, a ID. I just didn't have a driver's license. Got you. You know. By the way. Tell, because I, I had tickets in Mississippi and places I didn't want to, when I got it, when I eventually got it fixed, 
I had to go down memory lane to small towns in Louisiana that I was driving through on my way to college and do all oh of this stuff. And, it, and the crazy thing was laziness is so toxic because it literally only took maybe three hours of work to get it all fixed. Call a couple of courthouses. They send you some stuff. You pay them. Boom. You go get your driver's license. You go get a driver's license. It's fine. I remember one time, God rest his soul, when they were, when I was in California and I was trying to get my car out of the impound because of a driver's license situation that happened at the airport, they typed my name in and no bullshit. They said, hmm, September 20th, 1955. Huh. Well, I mean, you're Van Lathan, right? From Baton Rouge. I'm like, yeah, well, they must have messed up your birthday and stuff like that. It was my dad. <laughs> they gave me my car. Stop. They gave me my car. They didn't look at you and not think that you weren't born in 19... 19- what you tell them? Black don't crack? Y'all gonna think this is a lie. I'm not bullshitting you. They gave me my car. They gave, they gave me my car. I had I had been dropping uh, Kalika off at the uh, at the airport, Right. And when I was dropping her off at the airport, she got off, she went to the airport and then the cop came up and he was like, Could you step out of the car, blah, 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 blah. And he's talking to me, he's doing the whole thing. And then he goes, do you have a driver's license? And I give him the ID as I always do. I say, I haven't, I've just moved here. I haven't been here very long. And then I noticed, <laughs> I, I noticed that there's a tow truck coming up behind. And I'm like, what? He's like, oh, you don't have a driver's license. That's an automatic tow in Los Angeles. I'm like, huh? So I had to walk around LAX no. to walk to the LAX police department. And then I had to get the rundown on how I could get the car back. And so one way that they could give me the car back is they had to prove that I had a valid license in Baton Rouge. And when they ran my name, my dad's license popped up. They gave him my car. Boom. I, but 1955. <laughs> It was meant for me to have my car back. It was just meant for me to have my car back that day. Okay, whatever. But look, I'm glad now, you fixed it. Yeah, I'm glad you're right now. I'm I'm legal. Good. And like, I've been legal consecutive years. I got to be honest with you. It was a time in Baton Rouge, just amongst the homies. Like, I keep trying to tell you, we don't get off to the best starts in life. We were all like this. Fuck it. Like we just like we we some we were some real irresponsible. Th- yes. <laughs> like one of my one of my friends went to jail, county jail for tickets, and he stayed there like some months. No, I had a lot of my play- no, oh, yeah, for months did. for tickets. We have, to, we have to write letters to get him out of jail for tickets. Yes. Went wow. there, his hair was all fucked up. He was talking about, because <laughs> you know, he was making. But look, these are the lessons that see. But see, this is the stuff that people don't understand. These are the lessons that we learn. These are the lessons that but we like, did learn. Did a lesson? Does a lesson need to be learned in regards to paying your tickets? Kinda, yeah. Okay, I mean. Well, I mean, and also, or like waiting fifteen years to get a driver's like what? That's it's just laziness. There's a lesson need to be learned. You but, know what but you see, need to you do. You could say that it was laziness, right? But I was unlazy in so many other ways. It was lazy, right? But there were so many other things that I was doing. Like I was actually working my ass off. 
like actually working my life. Think about it. In the time that I refused to take the three hours to get a driver's license, I lost 150 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So there's some give and take here. No, there's it's some- just it's sometimes niggas is just trifling, Rachel. And that was well, me for a very long clearly. time. Clearly. Yeah. I'm so glad you got it together, though. Well, Let me I tell you something. Don't call me. You guys, you oh, guys don't call, don't call oh, me. Rachel. Rachel, I will call you. <laughs> hey, hey, Rach. Rach, what? Hey, I need you to come pick me up. Where you at? Okay, don't don't trip. I'm at the police station. They've taken my car. No. Mm. I live that life in my twenties, helping people out. Nope. You help people out? Yeah. I used to go, hey, no. Can you come get me? Can you call this person for me? Can you put mm-hmm. some money on the books? <laughs> All yeah. that. I'm done. Like, so here's the thing. This is my thing about putting money on people's books. And a lot of you that are listening to this don't have a lot of relatives that are in the pen. Like all of my relatives were in the pen. So here's the thing about putting money on people's books. If you have to ask me to put the money on the books, it's not going to happen. The people that I'm serious. <laughs> That's so cold. If you have to ask me to put money on your books, I'm not going to do it. The people that I put money on their books, mm-hmm. they know that it's going to be there. Right. Right. They like it, they don't have to ask. Say, hey, sometimes I'll just run it through relatives back at home. Hey, this $50, $60, just give it to him. He up the road. But if you have to call me, that means that we play freshman football together. And you just got my number from somebody, and he's like, "Oh shit, man, remember me? Yeah, man, man, you was a hell of a blocker." Oh, I didn't get that. Oh hell, man, what? Like when I started getting on TMZ? No, you what? did just wait, wait, no, you did just <laughs> just compliment yourself. In no, the, no, 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 oh, man, no, no, you no. were a hell of a blocker. That's what Stop. they do. That's, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping it We didn't it need that. That's what. No, I swear to God, because I really wasn't that great of a blocker. But that, that, that would, that's what they do. They, man, bro. Because they always, they always, because this is the way it happens. They always tell the truth, but then they always give you the compliment, but they tell the truth inside the compliment. It's like, all right, bro, man, you was a hell of a blocker, bro. I'm telling you, man, if you just had a little bit more developed calves, you would have been a dog. And then you're like. People say that to you? My dad used to say that, and then he made the whole team say it. I could jump. <laughs> like, I could jump. I could, no, I, I really was good, but my dad, like, like boy, if that I tell you what, that boy got great feet. If his cast was just a little bit more developed, you have you have a cool jump. I'm like, and so people with people, the whole team started saying that it was like a running joke. And um, he called me and asked me for bread. I'm like, bro, I got some prayers for you, man. Our lives went in different paths, and I respect it. You know. Anyway, have you ever had to? Um, okay, I'll say this, and then we'll start. Have you ever mm-hmm. had got that call from a relative or a friend that they couldn't get out of Vegas? You had to wire oh, the money. Had to wire the money. Not Vegas. Multiple but, times. Uh, I had to I, buy I, the money to get out. Get a get a plane <laughs> ticket home. <laughs> not Vegas, but Miami one time. Mm-hmm. Not Vegas. Mm-hmm. Not Vegas. So you send them the money. It was family. Yes. So. You know that somebody's falling on hard times when they ask you to wire money. It was a, it was definitely a wire. It was definitely a Western Union. 
I still get people right now because when I was in college, that was the lick going right. to the fucking grocery store, right? And waiting, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> going to the grocery store, and the whole this was the thing about it. So you would go to the grocery store to wait for the wire from your parents <laughs> for the Western Union, right? You go to the grocery store, but the thing is, you were broke while you were waiting for the money. So you're in the grocery store watching all the commerce, smelling the fresh baked cakes from the bakery, <laughs> and you're like, Jesus Christ, I hope they don't forget. I hope the money is here because <laughs> I need some fucking supplies. I'm in college. Um, but like there was people recently who needed me to send some money, and they're like, yo, just send it over Western Union. And I was like, look, I'm not gonna be, I'm gonna be honest with you. If we not to the point to where a cash app or a Zelle or something like that is, nope. you're shaking your head. You're saying but they didn't have people, it. They were they too old. It's it an older relative. <sighs> I'm telling you guys, it's a lot of responsibility <laughs> that comes with this black family thing. <laughs> it really is. It really people, is. It's a lot of people hit me up. You ain't doing nothing for your for your little cousins. I'm like, who? Who are they? I haven't seen you since 1991. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But it's family. And I love my family. Fam- I, love I my love my family. family I love too. Them. God damn it. They're the ones who taught me not to have a driver's license. <laughs> um, speaking of teaching, I think we all learned an important lesson. Mm. And that is there's a difference between the term immunized, immunized, <laughs> And vaccinated because Aaron Rodgers has pulled off the caper of the NFL season. He has managed to conceal the fact that he is not vaccinated. He tested positive for COVID on Wednesday. Uh, And according to some NFL media, he is indeed unvaccinated. Now, Aaron Rodgers, during a press conference earlier in the year, had said that he was uh I don't know why I'm having so, so much trouble with this world. Immunized? Immunized. Immunized, um, yeah. Which, of course, means most of us take as meaning vaccinated. But apparently, he had been petitioning the NFL for a homeopathic immunization. He had I did not know season. that. He did. Oh, he before the season. Okay, okay, before okay. Before the season, homeopathic treatments. So he did not get vaccinated by the traditional sense. Aaron Rodgers saw people getting jabs in the arm and he went home and uh, took some ginger ale and mixed it with some Robitussin and he drank it and he said, COVID cannot fucking affect me. And it didn't for a while. I guess. But (laughs) during this time, Rach, he was doing press conferences without a mask. He was on the sidelines without a mask. He was breaking every single protocol that exists for COVID in the NFL. What the fuck is going on and what should happen to Aaron Rodgers now? That's a really good question on what should happen. I it's I find this story so fascinating, but just on so many different levels. One, I didn't even know he used the term immun, uh, immunized, but wait, now I can now I'm having trouble saying it. Yeah, immunized. <laughs> immunized, right? It, it sounded immunized? weird. I it don't just know. doesn't seem it like sounded, that should be It right. sounded wrong when I said it. it. You, immune, you mess with me. Whatever. He's yeah. not vaccinated, right? But he's. But then he would answer questions in press conference 
conferences and say like we and would separate himself from those who were not vaccinated to imply that he was. So it's just a crazy whole situation. But even more so, you have to realize Aaron Rodgers didn't act alone. That to me is the more troubling thing because the NFL basically put the responsibility on each team to figure out if your players and coaches and assistants and trainers and everybody working on the team is vaccinated. There is no way that Aaron Rodgers could continue the way he did without the assistance from somebody on the Green Bay Packers staff. So that's also another issue because now you got to look at every single team and make sure that there's not another Aaron Rodgers on your team. Yeah. And I feel like the NFL was trying to give the responsibility to the teams and now they're going to have to step in. So you say what should happen as a whole, the NFL is going to have to make sure the protocols are in place because at this point you can't trust the team member teams and they need to figure out how Aaron Rodgers was able to slip through the cracks because those people should be reprimanded as well. Because he couldn't have done this without somebody else alluded to the fact that he was vaccinated too. But Aaron Rodgers has to be suspended. You yeah, I think he has to go. I think he has to go further than that. But I agree with you, though. You think he should be? Wait, wait, wait. I'll just say he should be suspended because you have to make an example out of him because this can't continue. If you if you excuse what he did, then you're never going to be able to punish anyone else for doing the same thing. And there very well could be other Aaron Rodgers out there. Very well could be some more on the team. Mm-hmm. But it's just such you put so many people at risk and then you preach all this stuff about how you're one with the team. But then you've been lying to the team this entire time. It's just troubling on so many different levels. But I'm curious for you. You think it should go further than or I'm curious with you. You should think you think it should go further than suspension. Yeah. So let's talk about race. Let's inject race oh, into it. You know course. what I'm going to start getting? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get like a, one of those turkey injectors that you get for uh, for a turkey baster? No, 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 no. The ones that you stick the cur- turkey with and you inject the seasonings into oh, it. You know oh, okay. I don't cook. I'm going to get one and it's just going to say race on it. And then every okay. time I inject race, I'm just going to hold it up. I'm going to do that for real. Let's inject some race into it. So Kyrie Irvin obviously has been made the poster boy for vaccine hesitancy in professional sports. Uh, and that's because the situation between him and Aaron Rodgers is uh, those are different right Mm -hmm. the reason why the situations are different are because Kyrie Irving was truthful um in saying that he was hesitating to get the vaccine and his organization uh imposed the proper consequences of that choice onto Kyrie Irving right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um Kyrie Irving is a black basketball player Mm -hmm. all right who uh had made a decision and suffered the consequences of that decision. I don't begrudge the Brooklyn Nets. Well, it's not really the Brooklyn Nets as much it is, as much as it is uh, the city of New York or whatever for the fact that Kyrie Irving cannot participate. They say, if you can't participate, you can't play. That's fine. This is in very, very uh, fascinating look into America. Fascinating look. Because a black man gets punished for his truth while a white man gets help with his lie. Now, I am not on the side of either one of these guys per se, but I think it's interesting that Aaron Rodgers was given the latitude and the opportunity to deceive everyone because he was Aaron Rodgers. 
And now only after the fact, when your hand is caught in the cookie jar, does everyone see that Aaron Rodgers was lying the entire time, participating the entire time, leading the Green Bay Packers to one of the best records in the NFC the entire time. So do you know what I think should happen? Of course, Aaron Rodgers should be suspended. Okay. Of course, Green Bay uh, should be disciplined by the league. But I think the discipline should come in the fact that Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers should have to forfeit every game that Aaron Rodgers participated in this year. If Aaron Rodgers has been flagrantly, flagrantly violating the league's virus protocols, flagrantly violating them, flaunting them in the face of everyone, lying about it, saying that he was uh, vaccinated when he wasn't, getting the help of the Green Bay Packers organization because he is the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. And if this public health issue is as serious as what they say it is, if it's as serious as what they say it is, then the hammer has to fall in the fact that the times that he participated, the times that he did all of these things, those games to me, the competition was tainted by someone who was breaking a rule that was supposed to keep everybody on the team and everybody around people safe. Now, the only reason why I compare it to the Kyrie Irving situation is not because there's necessarily the intentionality there, mm-hmm. but just because it's interesting that at this point, this makes me actually even respect Kyrie a little bit more because at least he had the nerve and the wherewithal to stand up and speak his true feelings to everyone. And normally, whether we agree with guys or not, that's what black men get killed for. Black men don't get killed for the lie. Black men get killed for their truth. However, inconvenient, uninformed, or rash their truth might be, they get killed for their truth. While sometimes it seems like white people get all the opportunity to uphold the lie. And at this point, the lie has been exposed. And I think there needs to be a clear message that this type of chicanery, Mm. chicanery, chicanery, cannot be. Got that word right. (laughs) Yeah. Chicanery cannot be tolerated. Am I going too far, Rach? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't agree with you. I would agree with you if he, Aaron Rodgers was out of the 14 day quarantine and got to come back and play. Then I would say that he was being favored. He was being protected. And I would say, and I would insert race. At the moment, it's too soon to say that. Aaron Rodgers, what are you doing? You're saying I, I, I prematurely. Yeah, you prematurely. Like, and, 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 and listen, rightfully so, because of what we've seen happen, whether it be in sports, politics, life, anything, we typically that's the way things go. But right now it's too early to insert race because Aaron Rodgers hasn't been punished. We just found this information out. And I also think it's, it's premature to say that the reason that he was able to get away with this is because he's white. The reason he was able to get away with it is because He's the star quarterback of that team, and somebody on that team favored him. The Brooklyn Nets could have done that same thing, but they decided to do things the right way and abide by the rules that are set in place by the city of New York and didn't protect Kyrie. I don't think that's because Kyrie is black that they decided not to protect Kyrie. Mm. Also, Kyrie was honest and forthright with it. Aaron didn't. So you can't even say that the NFL or someone was protecting Aaron because 
Green Bay was for sure, but you can't say the NFL was doing that because he's white when the NFL did not know as well. Not, not I, the NFL, I, 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 the Packers for sure. So though. somebody yeah. on the team decided mm-hmm. to do that. And I'm going to be honest, because he is the star quarterback, they need him. They're on a great run. They're doing very well right now. If Devontae Adams was immunized as well, I totally think they would cover that up for him because he's their star so. number one receiver. I do. I really do because what they show, they are protecting their stars. I, I really do. There is no I'm way. I'm telling you, I don't, Aaron think for, I don't think they do it for Lamar Jackson. I, I think no, I, no, no. I, I, that's no, a I different mean, I mean, team. We're the talk, Ravens. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's so a different I, team. Is, you can't talk is, about what the Ravens it, would do. We're talking about Green Bay. Green Bay has proven just, themselves. Remember, they've proven themselves though to be to protect their players, to lie for their players. No, that has not been proven by any other team. I Mm. think that they would do that to ensure their wins and the great run that they're on right now. And there is no way that Aaron Rodgers is not going to let his number one, is going to let his number one receiver get in trouble Mm. for being immunized and not vaccinated. So here's the thing. I think that this doesn't have to do with just standing on the Packers. I think this also has to do with standing in the league. Aaron Rodgers isn't just a star for the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers is an entity in himself in the NFL. And I think the Packers know that. The Packers also want to keep Aaron Rodgers. The Packers had a very contentious offseason with Aaron Rodgers. So they're tiptoeing around some things that are going on with Aaron Rodgers to make sure that he's happy enough winning there. They're having a great season and to keep him long term. What I'm telling you is I don't feel like black players and black people really, in terms of that, get these breaks. Now, obviously, there are situations to where – you know, you do something, uh, you break a law, you get kicked off a team and you get another chance. That's obviously the case. But in this situation here, think about what we're talking about. We're not even we're going to talk about a player that uh, tragically, tragically broke the law uh, and just stupidly and recklessly caused a loss of life later on. But we've say, we've seen players get in trouble and being invited back to their teams, right? We've seen this right. before. I'm not saying that that right. doesn't happen. But what I'm saying is this type, this type of issue, which is so front-facing, which is so public, which is so hotly debated and hotly contested, for them to go all in on this, on this type of situation is just... It's mind blowing to me. It's it, it's 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 mind blowing to me that they will go along with this. It's mind blowing to me it that is. they would send this type of message. This is going to be political fodder. This is going to be social fodder. This is going to be this to me is a gigantic, big, huge lie that they were in that that they were investing into. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, man. I like I personally look at and I'm this is. Uh, Kyrie should get his ass vaccinated and go play some basketball. That's what I think, right? He doesn't mm-hmm. want to do it. Me and him have a difference of opinion of that. That's fine. You got to live in society with people who have differences of opinion. Right. You know, people want the, vi- the virus to mutate 10 times a minute. We, we're doing the best we can. But what I'm saying is to all the people that are talking about the fact that these two things speak to some interesting diverging circumstances uh, in American society, I can't help but see it. Like, I can't help but see 
some white dude with a shitty grin having everyone lie for him and protect him while he goes out and does something that they all know is against the rules that he knows is against the rules that everybody on that side knows is against the rules and he's being excoriated protected for it while there's a black dude out there who has the same viewpoint basically and they're hanging him on the proverbial vaccinated cross no i just don't agree i I get it. My dad always says history has predictive value. So because of things that have Mm. happened before, I totally, you can use it. I totally, I totally understand why you would say that, but I think it's jumping to a conclusion. And I don't think it's, it's comparing apples to apples. Brooklyn Nets decided to follow the rules. I think, Mm -hmm. I don't think that that has to do with race. Those are the rules that are in place by the city, not even necessarily the NBA. That's the rule. They're following it. Kyrie is not playing. Green Bay decided to break the rules for their quarterback, who is white. I truly believe they would have done it for Devontae Adams as well. I ain't saying every black player on that team, but your star wide receiver, your fa- the favorite choice of your quarterback, I think they would have done the same thing. They obviously, one's a rule follower, one's not. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm telling you, we'll watch the situation. We'll keep everybody updated. We're watching how the NFL handles this. I don't even think, I don't even think Aaron Rodgers should play the rest of the year. I really don't. I think that's how far his suspension they should, should go. forfeit the games he already played. Fine, that too. But I think you're done. You're done this season. Wow. You're done this. And I think the team should be fined. Something should happen with the team. And maybe that's where the for, uh, the forfeitures come in. Well, because they're not going to really forfeit the games because it's not but college. But, but I something think that, should happen. I, but, but I think they should, though. I think, I think they should. And to be honest with you, there's something else. I'll say the last thing I'll say is this is hilarious. I'm sorry. <laughs> Like, like, this is a very serious situation, but I can't look at a picture of Aaron Rodgers or Kyrie Irving right now without smiling. This entire thing is so funny. If it wasn't so fucking serious, I'd be laughing even more. But it's it's fucking hilarious. It's just wild that I never would have thought this would have happened. I didn't know it could. I didn't know it was possible. I didn't know it could happen either. I didn't know it could happen either. Well, but you, you know, the Nets. They won't let Kyrie practice, which I don't think they should. But the Packers lied for their guy. Okay. Are you saying one's better? You saying the Nets should have lied for Kyrie? Nah, I'm not saying. I'm saying you know what I. You know what I'm really saying. What are you saying? Real freedom is having them lie for you. That's what real freedom is. Lie for that, me too. That's privilege. Ooh. Rates throwing heat, but I want some of that privilege too. I want some of that privilege. I want some of that privilege. Mm -hmm. Like you, you hit the nail on the head. uh, Like it's privilege, but I. It's not that I don't want the privilege. I just don't want them to be the only ones that have it. Sure, absolutely. It's good. Oh, by the way, my dad had an old saying. Do you want to hear it? Please. May I might have said it on this before. He would say, "It's not your pussy; it's your turn." Makes sense. Yeah, so he'd be like, he'd be like, he'd be like, man, it was his way of saying, man, don't get around here trying to own these little gals. Let that little gal go out and be herself. You don't own her. Remember, son, y'all, all y'all little boys running around talking about it's your pussy. It's not. It's not your pussy. It's your turn, and you get to decide how long that turn is by how you act. I'd be like, what an inartful way, damn, what a toxic way to make a decent point. You fucking <laughs> feminist. What you? What a. What a toxic way to make a great point. Um, Okay. uh, We have to talk about Henry Ruggs III, who 
uh, is a wide receiver, was a wide receiver for the Las Vegas Raiders, who I'm sure you guys have heard about now, um, was involved in a, in a just horrifying DUI car crash that resulted in the death of a 23-year-old woman. Um, Henry Ruggs III was a speedster for them. He's you know one of the fastest players in the league, a guy who's coming into his home. He was leaving top golf, people say, in Las Vegas, and he had a blood alcohol of 0.16, which is twice the legal limit, according to prosecutors. Uh, they found a gun in his car as well, but that ended up being the least of his problems as Henry Ruggs decided to travel 156 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hit a woman, rear-ended her, going 127 miles an hour on impact when the airbag deployed and he killed her and her dog. Uh, he has since been released by the Las Vegas Raiders um, and looks to face some pretty serious jail time as I believe that he was charged with driving under the influence resulting in a death. I'm not sure how you analyze this one. It's so ugly, so needless, so reckless, so disgusting and hard to even fathom for the family of that woman who was just driving home that night. But discussing things is what we do. So when you saw this entire thing unfold, what were your thoughts? Well, I was actually on set when, and this is so troubling. I was on set when the a producer came in and was like, man, rugs just killed someone. That's all that yeah. was said. And when Damn. I, t- and when I tell you, and we were like, what? And it was like, yeah. And, and people were like starting to discuss it, but nobody knew any details. And the first thought somebody said was, was it a girlfriend, a wife? Isn't that wild? Oh, wow. Isn't that oh, wild? Uh, no, I, I know I, it's not that there's precedent. not truth to it. I'm just saying yeah. that was the first thought that it was domestic violence, which right. is a whole nother discussion to have. But I just wanted to bring, that's how I found out. And that was the initial discussion. And then, um, Obviously, more information came out and we learned about the tragedy of this young woman losing her life. Her name is Tina Tinter. Thank you. We should say. We keep calling her Tina Tinter. Tina Tinter losing her life. I mean, you hear stories like this and you just think this could have been avoided. And even more so, Ruggs had a friend who died five years ago in a car crash. And so, like, when you add that to it, it's just, you just, you would hope that people would be more responsible when it comes to drinking and driving, especially that I also found out that the Raiders have a car service available to their players, maybe even additionally to the staff as well, but specifically to the players, since that's what we're dealing with, for when you go out. So there are options there. You never had, obviously Uber and Lyft are available, but on top of that, your team has tried to put things in place for you to avoid these very types of situations. And it was ignored. And then also there was a passenger in his car. And it's just like all these things happened that allowed for him to continue in this way that eventually led to the tragedy of someone, Tina, losing her life. And it's just so devastating where in one second, this man, you know, first round draft pick, you know, life changing for him and his family had this amazing opportunity and just like that it's taken away and so is someone's life at the same time yeah yeah mm. yeah i think sometimes when i talk to the young brothers and henry ruggs i think is only 22 years old mm. sometimes when you when when i talk to the young brothers it's hard to get them to see human mm-hmm. they either think that 
they are destined for an early death or that they're going to live forever. You know, it's hard for them to just see that, hey, you're a person and every decision that you make has ripple effects uh, for you and out for the people beyond you. Right. So Henry Ruggs is young. He's strong. Um, He's living a life that maybe he didn't think he was going to get a chance to live. He's from there in Alabama, I believe. And for him to take that extra thing to protect everything, sometimes it doesn't feel like he needs to do it because what could hurt Henry Ruggs? Right. Who could Henry Ruggs hurt? You know, like I'm here. I'm a star. I'm here. I'm going to be here forever. Um, Or what what could go wrong? And then something Mm -hmm. goes wrong. Something goes terribly wrong. And there are going to be discussions about Henry Ruggs and what he does now and how he picks up the pieces and how he moves on with his life. And I guess people will have those conversations. I never will. I don't know what really is going to happen for Henry Ruggs moving forward. Um, I hope the best for everyone, but I can't say that I'm overly concerned. Uh, I'm not being What do you mean unfeeling. by that? Well, I just have a really weird relationship with someone actually dying because you fucked off at Top Golf. I'm not angry, but it, if I'm being honest with you, it's like, this these would be one of those situations where I don't really know. I'd be really interested to talk to someone who's lost a family member to a drunk driver mm-hmm. or to a careless accident or something like that and see how they processed it because mm-hmm. <clears throat> God forgives everyone and you know, and we, we all live in society with second and third chances, but this woman is dead, man. Right. For nothing. Right. Like for nothing. It just I'm be honest with you, I it does make me angry. Of course. Yeah, like it it's just like, you know, and it's not he didn't try to do it. I understand that, but at the same time, the negligence is so That's obscene that I'm like, fuck, man. Like Well, it's just like who kept who kept giving him drinks? He had a passenger in the car who didn't notice that it wasn't okay for him to drive. You know what I mean? Like there's just seemed to have been things that could have stopped like Quick decisions could have been made for this to not happen, and I and and then it ends up with someone dying. Yeah, and it's just it. That's what I think where the anger comes from and the frustrations that it's like it could have been avoided. You did you did it. It had you 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 had a good time, and then this happened. Mm. Yeah, nah, yeah, yeah. It's just uh, prayers to the family. I hope that they find some sort of closure. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen with Henry Ruggs. He's probably going to do a little jail time here. Um, and just hopefully people are able to find peace. But guys, I mean, it goes without saying, man. God damn it. Like, they're just, come on, man. Come on, man. Like, use the Uber. Why are you going to, oh, he was going 156 miles an hour. Just, completely fucked totally fucked and by the way last thing i'll say about this this could have happened in any american city where there's a football team right but because this was in las vegas this is gonna be a little tense for the league because before a team was brought to las vegas there were myriad things that the league was concerned about 
about being around in Las Vegas. They were concerned about a gambling aspect and they were also concerned about a partying aspect. And here you have the team uh, having been there for not even one season and you have this type of situation. So mm-hmm. uh, this is probably going to reflect on the franchise, the Las Vegas Raiders, um, as much as it will reflect on Henry Ruggs himself. And I know that they have a car service and they're doing the right thing, but they're going to probably bear some of the responsibility here as far as when people out from the outside are looking into it. All right, let's take a break. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube. Car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work, errands, friends, and a whole lot of fun in between. That's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life. With premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. All right, it went down in Virginia. All the way <laughs> down in Virginia. I mean, you called it. You Told said you. pay attention to it. Pay attention in Virginia because there was a race where Terry McAuliffe and Glenn Youngkin were vying for the Virginia governor's mansion. They were going for it. They were both into it. They were in it to win it. Uh, Yunkin is very clearly a Trump Republican. McAuliffe is not. <laughs> he is a Democrat. But Yunkin won. Yunkin won a race that was polling very closely, but ended up not being so close on election night. Actually, shades of the 2016 Trump presidential election. Lots of blame to go around in the Democratic Party as to how McCullough lost this race and was able to make uh, the Virginia governorship uh, red for the first time in a while. But Rachel, you see this race. Who do you blame? I blame the Democrats. I mean, if you just look at the race and uh, let me just say this. A lot of people will talk about Biden. And people, you know, it's because Biden and this and there is truth to this because of Biden and what he's done so far in the presidency and people are his approval rating is down and people are looking at that. I always have to remember that nobody wanted Biden to be president. It was the lesser of two evils. It's not like they were overthrilled to have him. They were just trying to get him out of office. That it's is it not true? They were just so (laughs) we look at the win and states turning blue as if everything's democratic or I'm not democratic, but as blue and people are Democrats and things are more liberal and people voted at record numbers. And that it's true in some sense. But at the same time, it wasn't because everyone's a super fan of Biden. And it's almost as if they've gone back to what it was before. They just wanted to see Trump out of office. And so I think when you look at what 
happened in Virginia, which you kept saying, pay attention to, pay attention to. Biden won that by what, like a 10 percentage point or something, something like that. And the fact that people thought, okay, well, then that's going to carry through to the governor race. And then this happened. It didn't. Now, you called you called him a Trump Republican. Yes. Yunkin. Yunkin. Is that a fact? Uh, well, yeah, it's a well, fact the that Trumpkin, he I know he's saying Trumpkin. <laughs> yeah, it's a fact that he conveniently tried to hide on the campaign trail, but he certainly is a Trump Republican. Because he didn't, what he was careful to do is to not post too much affiliation with Trump. But uh-huh. what he did do is basically give the blueprint, the roadmap of what Republicans and who are coming up in midterms and what will happen in 2024 should do. Republicans are masters at hitting all their talking points and playing to the right people, their fears, what they want. That is what Youngkin did. That's not what the Democrats did. The Democrats ran an entire campaign. What's his name? McLaughlin? McAuliffe. McAuliffe. McAuliffe ran an entire campaign anti-Trump. Trump is not Mm. in office. And the fact that he continued to do that was really hurt his campaign while Yunkin was talking about education and playing on people's fears with CRT and talking about not wearing masks and talking about appealing to moderates and talking about how teachers needed higher pay. And it won. And that's what we're going to see happen in 2022 with these midterms. And that's what we're going to see happen in 2024. And if the Democrats don't get it together and align their interests and really fight against what the Republicans are putting in place, it's never going to be any different. That coupled with the fact that Biden is not doing a fantastic job in office. So it's easy to blame. Oh, look what's happening with the presidency. Looks happening with the administration. He's not getting things done. So it's like we have to fight on two ends. We have to fight against Biden or or criticizing him and what that administration is doing, but then also fighting against these hot issues that are going to be debated from here on out. And that's what Youngkin did. And that's what he won. Question for you. A lot of this battle was waged on CRT itself. This was Mm -hmm. a referendum by the people of Virginia on the boogeyman of CRT. They were told that their children were going to get taught that Harriet Tubman and Flavor Flav founded America and they don't want that. Like they were told that their children were going to be taught <laughs> that fucking the real housewives <laughs> of Atlanta were the daughters of the American Revolution. And they're like, we don't want them to like, we don't want them to be taught that. So they, they got very scared and they voted for Yunkin. Here's my thing. Most people, really be honest with you on both sides, don't know very much about CRT. I talk to people all the, all the time that are on the left that when you really start to pare down and get into what CRT is, they really can't tell you what CRT is. That makes me ask a question. If CRT is not being widely taught in schools, which we know it's not, if CRT is, is actually not this big of a deal, is CRT worth the fight? Yes, if it, you think that it is not 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 that it's worth the fight to get it implemented into schools because they're not even that's not even happening. It's not being taught. But now it is such a talking point that people use the term CRT probably don't even understand what the acronym stands for or, or what the acronym represents. But it's out there now. 
It's a headline now. So you have to combat it because they're going to talk about it. So you have to at this point, if we ignore CRT, it's, I mean, there are videos out there where people don't understand CRT. All they understand is that this is, it's this looming thing that attacks their privilege and their whiteness. And that's all they need to know. It's an attack against them. So you have to combat it at this point. Even if it's not an issue, it is an issue. Do you right. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to attack it. CRT to me stands for crackers ruining things. Wow. <laughs> Let's get that going. <laughs> That's my CRT. <laughs> crackers ruining things. That's wow. what CRT. And by the way, if you're white and you're listening to this, it's a 90% chance that you're not a cracker. But we're up against the saltiest of the saltines there down there in Trump land, man. Like they are, you just want to, like there is not enough chicken noodle soup to dip all the crackers in that it's not. I like that, by the way. I like when you take a saltine. Mm-hmm. You, you, you like, you know, when you go to a restaurant, like they got the nice Jewish delis out in LA and you get some chicken noodle soup. Do you go chicken noodle? Or you go chicken and rice soup. Which one? Chicken do you do? and noodle. Chicken noodle. You don't ever do chicken and rice? No. Do you have an issue with chicken and rice? I mean. I don't like rice in anything like that unless it's like gumbo. Gotcha. So you get the chicken noodle soup and then it's like a little treat when you notice the crackers right next to it. You're like, oh, they give me some crackers. And then you dip a cracker in the soup and it gets just a little wet, not too soggy. And you eat yeah, it. It's that's very gross. Nice. No, you're gross. That's <laughs> delicious. Wow. wow. Um, but yeah, so I, I just wonder about CRT sometimes because it's like the... The right, they're like a a fucking evil ATM. You give them something and they just turn it into racist cash. Of course. Like whatever it is, like CRT <laughs> is like a like a card. You stick it in the evil ATM and all it fucking turns out for them are re- election results. So the Democrats have to find a way to make the Republicans campaign on reality. And that might be by simplifying the issues that they're talking about in a way and not necessarily trying to paint as broad a brush as what they seem to be trying to paint. It seems like, to be honest with you, there are too many ingredients in the stew for the Democrats and too many cooks in the kitchen. Now, look, it's early. A lot of people are looking at this as, uh, you know, a harbinger of things to come next year. But next year is a long time away. It's a year away. So what people should be doing right now is not bedwetting, as Bukhari Seller says. They should be organizing and understanding what needs to be done to secure an electoral uh, electoral victory in the midterms, which is going to be an uphill battle, right? If you care about Absolutely. that, if you care about policy, like it's going to be an uphill battle. I'll say this, though. There are ways to beat all of this. Like people are talking about the, the the voting rights legislation in Georgia and Texas. There are ways to beat that. It just has to be organized around. So yeah, what people that. need is the information of how to get out their vote, of how to go to the right precincts and make their vote count, of how to not have their vote discounted. And the, the money and all of the resources needs to be put into that because nothing's happening on the Hill. Let me ask you a question. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you finished? Yeah, that's it. Let me ask you a question. I think Republicans have mastered playing off how dumb we are as a society, right? People don't research. People don't read. They read headlines. They click things for clickbait. These hot points that 
infuriate their base to where it's like, we got to fight against this because our livelihood is being threatened. How do you combat that? At, like, how can the Democrats also play on that? Liberals, progressives, whatever it may be. It's harder. How do you, it is harder. And that's, because that's the biggest question that I have. It's like, how do you combat that? How do you play off that? Because we're, all, we're not having, we can't just play on how dumb the society is. We have to undo the damage that's been done in addition to that. And nobody wants to take the time to read or learn about it. But see, I don't think you have to undo it. Number one, mm -hmm. I think you have to turn out new people. Number one, I think you, I think the Democrats, I think it's all in turnout and messaging, right? Uh -huh. So if you have somebody that wants to believe that they're going to come along and teach CRT in that way, it's going to be very, very hard to undo some of that. The point is how many people aren't that aren't wired that way actually believe that? And are those making up the margins? And are there people in your own base who are staying home because they feel less than energized by what you're putting out there? Did Terry McAuliffe running as for Virginia governor, did he provide a blueprint to a better life for Virginians all over the state that made them want to get out as much as the people were afraid of CRT? Like, did they run the right candidate? Is the left is the left evolving properly with the sort of uh, shifting landscape of their electorate? All those things happening. Are you getting the most, are you squeezing the limit hard enough and getting the most juice out of it? I'm not so sure that that's the case. Mm. I'm not so sure that that's the case. And I'm also, I also think that the message on the left needs to be simplified. I understand that there's a very diverse electorate uh, and that's harder to talk to all of them. But we have to have real conversations about what Americans want and need. And we have to do those things sometimes by, by, by sort of gathering people together um, at the highest levels of what they will want from government. And what I mean by that is like, the more we fracture the identity of the left, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the more infighting there is. Mm -hmm, and the more infighting mm -hmm. there is, the more everyone can't get on message. So to have tough conversations, come together, discuss things, and everybody on the left, forget about what happens between the left and the right. Everybody on the left realize that you can't win every battle, that sometimes the winning is in the compromise. So oh, you might not you, get this oh, one thing. The winnings and the compromise? That's very, that's true for, no, like when you talk, I do. Yeah. I'm just surprised you said compromise. I know. I believe that, but. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, all, that's like, oh, the only way you lose is by not compromising. Okay. I think the, when you look at things like what Biden's trying to get done, like at some point you're going to have to have a more united front and a more united message to Americans and a simpler one, simpler. That's, like it, it's that's like it. not, not stupider, simpler. There's a difference. All right. Um, do you enjoy uh, the NFL Combine? Do you watch it? I used to when I had if friends in it. You guys don't know it. what the NFL Combine is when they get all the NFL players and they get them together and then they run and they jump <laughs> and they throw. And they do all the things that you do on the football field. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes watching the NFL Combine is a little uncomfortable because – 
these are big ass black dudes, a lot of them, and they're poking at them and prodding at them and doing all of this stuff. And it looks a little bit like a slave auction. People have said this before. It looks like a slave auction, a bunch of white guys watching black guys perform, but they're mad at Colin Kaepernick because on his show, Colin in Black and White, which by the way, did you watch Colin in Black and White? I have not. Why? Uh, it's been a really rough week for me. Too rough for you to support the man who put his career on the line so that you could be on the- um, You can try to guilt me all you want. I'm not guilting you. I'm asking you. Like, I will get to it. It's just yeah. not on my top list. Do you think it's okay? Fine. Well, since you didn't see this, did you see the scene in question? I saw the scene. So Colin Kaepernick in the very first scene of Colin back in black and white come out swinging, and he had some NFL players at the combine. They walk into a shot when they come out the other shot. They're in a slave auction. Something that people have said for years. By the way, for years they have made the correlation, but now Colin Kaepernick is once again the anti. American devil. Uh, what they don't want you to understand is what's being established as a power dynamic, which is what Kaepernick says. Uh, it says, before they put you on the field, teams poke, prod, and examine you, searching for any defect that might affect your performance. No boundary respected. No dignity left intact. Uh, Jack Brewer, who was an NFL player and a Fox News type of dude. He says this new Colin Kaepernick doctrine that's penetrating the minds and hearts of so many of our underserved black kids across America is the single largest threat to black men in the United States of America. You guys, Colin Kaepernick is the single biggest threat to black men across America. If we could just get rid of the guy with the Afro, just real quick on this. Because I'm not sure we've done a lot of sports today. I'm not sure if people are that familiar with the NFL Combine. Do you see a corollary between the NFL Combine and a slave auction? I think you could use that example. If if you're going to follow in that line of thinking what Kaepernick was doing, I think you could use that in almost any power structure, any business, any corporate America situation. I think it's an exaggeration because at what point in that clip he says, in that part, he says, you're left with no dignity intact. That's a bit of a stretch for me. In the combine, you go through a physical examination, right? They want to see how far you can throw, how far, you, uh, how fast you run, you know, how much, how high you jump or whatever, you know, like they, they want to see all of that. They want to make sure you don't have any injuries. Why? Because they're going to invest millions in you to play for their team. If I work for a corporation and I go in for an interview, you're going to mentally poke and prod me and ask me a series of questions because you're going to be investing as me as a potential employee at your business. I just think it's just a bit, I think, is there exploitation? Absolutely. Is it a slave auction with no dignity left intact? I That's a little bit too much for me because especially good... I think it waters down and generalizes slavery, if I'm going to be a, a little honest. Slavery, you didn't have a choice. NFL, it's it's voluntary. Your slavery, you worked for free, pretty much. You worked for free. NFL, not the case. And so I just feel like it I get it. Again, I'll go back to the word of exploitation, but I don't I think slavery is a bit of a stretch and so I can see why some people I like, is he, a, is he the biggest threat? Absolutely not. That's an exaggeration, but it's a little bit, it's a little bit much for me. And let's also not forget the fact that 
Kaepernick wants to play in the league, which is also tough. If, if you really feel that strongly about it, don't you don't want to be a part of an organization that it, that makes black men look like slaves. That does, it doesn't make any sense. You can't do it. Bo- you can't have it both ways. Well, you could have it both ways. You could. And be a you hypocrite. Could, you could be a part of the organization and still seek to change the organization. If that's the case, then we can't criticize America He's because not gonna we haven't change moved away. The com- you can- that's, that's nice for you to say it that way. I just think. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm saying we're, we're, all standing, we're all standing in this country that blah, I'm blah, blah, not- but we hope to change the country. So just because you, you want to participate in something doesn't necessarily mean. It's my first time it's- hearing him talk about the combine in this way. And mm-hmm. as much as he's fought for change in certain things, I've never heard him talk about wanting to change this, the, the way you make it into the NFL or the system. Not saying that he doesn't believe that, but I've just never heard him speak that before. So right. to me, it just seemed exaggerated. That part is a little too is a little too much for me. I'm not saying there's not some truth in it, but we're all poked and prodded in certain ways when we're entering some type of corporate America, whether it's mentally, physically, or whatever, because they're investing in you. I'm not saying it's necessarily right. I think there's more exploitation on the sports side of it, but it's not slavery. It's okay. So obviously it's not slavery. I don't think he was necessarily saying that it was slavery. This is my thing. Obviously the first scene of Colin in black and white painted a very direct picture. It was very on the nose, right? That criticism has been around for years though. This is another thing that to me, it all has to do with the messenger. People have been saying that I could literally send you 10 memes like they, they sit have. around guys and the guys are with their shirts off and they're taking body fat measurements and they're doing all of that stuff. And it's a dude standing with a shirt off in, a, in front of a room full of mostly white guys and they are examining him. There's that a book. Is, right, right. That is going to remind you of what we've been told that a slave auction is like. And by the way, if we really get into it, it's not that far off. I mean, they're getting like it's not slavery. It's certainly not slavery, but the mechanism by which the combine and the NFL exists is certainly akin to slavery in terms of black men being paid for white men being rich, getting rich off black men's physical prowess and what they can bring to these large, huge organizations. They take care of them and they do everything. I'm not saying that that's not there's 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 a weird deja vu about it. Um, also, I would say that in the combine itself, there are dehumanizing aspects of it. Dude, there was a guy named Jeff Ireland back in the day. Des Bryant complained about this. He was the 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 GM of the Dolphins. During Des Bryant's interview, he asked Des Bryant if his mother was a prostitute. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and so like it, I, I'm, I, these things aren't perfect. But I don't think that necessarily the observation that, hey, doesn't this kind of remind you of this is that bad? I can really speak to it as deeply as Colin did because I never went through it. Maybe Colin felt like he didn't have any dignity left. Maybe Colin talked to guys that felt like they didn't have any dignity left. I wouldn't know because I didn't go through the combine. It's You can't call a guy making $5 million a slave. You just can't. No. And to your point, it's uh, it's just so interesting because also for y'all who don't know, Not everybody's invited to the combine. It isn't looked at as an honor to get to be invited to participate in the combine. 
That's mm-hmm. is it not? Is it not? It's like man, I mean, yeah, oh no, man, I mean, look, you got you, you got to go to the you, combine. You, You're the you best of the best. Right. You want to get invited to the combine because you uh well some guys, some guys don't participate because it would just hurt their draft stock, but you want to be invited to the combine because most of the time you want it's an, interview. A, an opportunity to show what people can do because you want to be able to help and change, you know. It's an interview. Yes. So I'd, but it's a bit of a leak for me. It's a bit yes, of a and I know, and, you, and I yes, it's easy for people to blame Cap, and I know it's been around for years, and there, there's memes about it, there's a book about it, like I, I get it, but it's a little much. Not gonna stop um, me from seeing it though. I'm still gonna see it. You gotta watch it. It's good. The kid who plays a Kaepernick, Jade Michael, mm-hmm. he's great. It's also good to watch. Like I always wonder what it was like being biracial. You know, like and yeah, it's like not. What? Yeah, I have as well. That's what I'm saying. You have as well. What's your biggest question for? for like when I say biracial, I mean like being black and raised by white people. Because that's because Colin is biracial, but he also oh, so there's has an, two I, white parents. Yeah, got you. Because he was One thinking of it that way. Right. I just I just always wonder what it's like to feel like you're maybe you're stuck between two different worlds, right? Like the yeah. I when I when I hear biracial people talk specifically black and white, it's like I want to you know, maybe show honor to this side and then honor to this side. And I feel like I'm stuck in a place or I'm not black enough for this, for this group. And I'm too white for this group. And yeah, I just always wonder the, the, the mental conflict that they have being of both races. I just always wonder what it was like when you try to get all your cousins together. Yeah. I knew you were going to take it to a different place. <laughs> you know, you get your, you get your cousins together, you know, you have your cousins. Growing up, there was always a point where I had some of my mom's cousins together and then some of my some of my cousins on my mom's side and cousins on my on my dad's side were all hanging together, but like there was no race wars, you know. Like you could really incite something okay. with your biracial, you know. Okay. Light skinned sure, people making rap music, taking over rap. Drake, J Cole. That's how you know that it was tough because they're like, you know what? I'm gonna come out and I'm gonna do the blackest shit ever. You know, I'm going to be the best. And Drake and J. Cole decide they were going to take over rap, and they did. Shout out to them, man. Shout out to people from varied ethnic heritages. Shout out to Obama, who they let become the president. Who they let. We, I'm saying we still haven't had a true nigga as president. Okay. What's the next topic? <laughs> <laughs> Just joking, guys. You guys are gonna get so mad. Barack Obama is black as fuck. You guys are gonna get so. You guys are gonna get so mad. It's a joke. Um. All right. Uh. You know, we got a lot of drags going out here, but we have to talk about what's going on with, um, Ahmad Arbery in this case. The judge finds intentional discrimination in the Arbery jury selection, but allows tried trial to move forward with one black member. Rach, this is legal eagle territory. Uh, I want you guys to make uh, like a little sound when we get into something legal. Legal eagle. Or like or, uh, just, or we could just use the doom doom from long. No, no legal eagle. We want a bird sound because I love when you get into your lawyer bag. Oh, somebody challenged me. Somebody challenged you on your, your deposition. Oh, I know thing. you saw the th- I probably should have been more specific. I generalized. I'm like, you don't have. Well, no, I said you don't have to um, answer, and you technically 
You don't, but what's going to happen is if you don't answer anything, then they're going to file a motion. You're going to go in front of a judge and then you're going to have to go back. There are certain things that you don't have to, like if you're going to incriminate yourself necessarily, or if it's privilege, you can say, my attorney instructed me not to answer that. But for the most part, yeah, you're going to. And then people make objections in the deposition and then you fight that in front of a judge. And then maybe that doesn't come into trial. Maybe it does. I should be more specific, but whatever. Anyways, criminal background is not my forte, but I want to say this about um, what's happening in the Ahmad Arbery trial. The judge said that it was intentional discrimination, but allowed the case to move forward. When I read this, it's it, honestly, it's, it's been a two week process for them to select the jury, which I was shocked because in this county, I thought maybe they're having, my first thought was maybe they're having a law, a, a hard time trying to find black people in this county. But then statistically it's 26% black that live there. Mm. So there's definitely a pool of black people. So that's not it. Two and a half week process. The judge sounded like he was exhausted and basically was like, this is intentional discrimination, but I'm going to allow this to move forward. And basically has set up the prosecution for an appeal by saying that, right? If they want to go back, if they, if they lose this for some reason, they're going to be able to point back to this. And right. if they decide to take it, 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 you know, it sets it up for the appellate process. But um, did you see the whole Bubba thing? Bubba. No, what happened with Bubba? I missed this. So apparently the defense attorney, and this came up during the jury selection process, um, the defense attorney was upset that there weren't enough Bubba's in the jury pool. And he described that as white males born in the South over the age of 40 without a four year college degree. Right. And he referred to them as Bubba's or Joe six pack. And he said that they were significantly underrepresented. And he said, now I'm not trying to be stereotypical in any way, but I do think there's a real question of whether or not that demographic is underrepresented in this jury pool. The fact, one, that he called them Bubba's, the fact, two, that he is fighting for a certain type of white man to be a part of it, that's not even required. You have to have diversity when it comes to race and gender, not when it comes to socioeconomic background. That's not something that's a, that, that you have to have. But the fact that he wanted that type of person on the jury pool tells you exactly what they're trying to appeal to when it comes to this case. The very defendants in this case, the murderers in this case, he wants them on the jury because he knows they will acquit their own. Isn't that crazy? I it just, is. And the fact that he went on record saying that. I just watched the <laughs> LA 92 uh, documentary. Did you watch it? Uh, wait, which one? The There's riots, another one? Nat Geo, Nat Geographic. I'll just watch, mm -hmm. I'll watch it on the plane ride over here. Uh, pissed me off, of course. Um, but I... I saw when they were talking about, I remember this being a big deal when I was a kid, the venue change that led to the four cops that were that beat the shit out of Rodney King, the trial being moved from L.A. proper into Simi Valley, Simi Valley, where they would have much more favorable uh, pool of people to right. choose a jury from and how white the jury was and stuff. And I look at that and I think, you know, shades of the same thing. This is what this guy would want to do. He would want to have uh, as favorable um a jury box as 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 possible so he wants more bubbles on there um and it just made me think about how you know we talk about how fragile uh democracy is but nothing is more fra fragile than american justice 
And while listening to you lawyers, you legal eagles, talk, uh, it, it just makes me see like there's so many variables in a case that lead to the quote unquote truth truth of the case. It's just it's, it's just interesting. And by the way, uh, some, something struck me on that L.A. documentary. You guys remember the name Latasha Harlins? We always talk about her and what happened. Um, but actually, we don't talk about her enough. We don't talk about Latasha Harlins enough. We don't talk about the judge that released the woman who executed Latasha Harlins uh-huh. enough. It became about uh, Rodney King, rightly so. Uh, but, you know, black life being wasted is not something that just happened. So check out the LA 92 documentary. You'll you'll get a, a crash course in sometimes how it feels to be black. You're about to say something now. Well, well to that, I was going to say there's also a movie that's coming out with uh, Tyrese and Scott Eastwood about the LA uprising in 92. I think that might be the title of it actually. LA uprising, it's interesting yeah. that they keep, you know, it's, it's fascinating because similar to OJ, which is why OJ got to stay in LA because of what happened in 92. Um, it's just interesting how it, you can see a bunch of documentaries. You can hear people talk about it. There can be all these movies but people are still so fascinated with what happened and the ins and outs of it. And it's real life and people lost their lives or when it, or Latasha, Latasha, Latasha lost her life. And yes, please look that up. It's just, I don't know. It's just, it's almost, if I don't want to say it seems fantasized, but the way it's talked about, it's like it, it it happened, but it didn't happen. I don't know. And they keep wanting to make movies about it. And it's just like, it would. I wasn't. I was seven when it happened. Wasn't in L.A. I don't, can't even imagine what it was like to be here, to feel it, to experience it. And I definitely didn't understand it at 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 the age of seven. But I don't know. I just feel a certain way that they keep a documentary is one thing, but the movies being made about it. Don't you feel like it's fantasizing it to a to a maybe I'm exaggerating with that word, like glorifying but, it or yeah, like well, I just think I think people. So look, this is something that we that we dealt with while making two distant strangers. There's a fine line, right? You want to educate people and you want people to understand a story. Um, but whenever you put it out as art, you know, you're commodifying it to a degree. And you want to make sure that the backside of that of that is going to be worth whatever it is that you're gonna go through. Um uh excuse me, you want to make sure that it's worth it. With, let me use less words. You want to make sure that it's worth it. If you're going to put something out, if you're going to make money off of it. If you're going to uh, sell it to people, you want to make sure that the art that you make is hard hitting enough mm-hmm. that it's worth it. And you don't want to cut any corners. You want people to get a message from it. At a certain point, I completely understand what you're what you're saying, and that's having made two different strangers. Like mm-hmm. I would never make another movie like that. You know, I think I've said that before. I think that was movie was important to make for how we felt then. But, you know, I want you to be able to sit down in the theater with, with me and come away inspired, you know, come away. Even if we do, even if I do end up doing my dream movie, which is about the Haitian revolution, uh, which would be a lot of blood and death. Uh, I want people to be able to leave the theater, the theater and look at what was, the maybe the single greatest uprising for freedom ever like no matter how real the stories are 
we have to put stories out where black people or where gay people, where Asian people, um, where Latinx people, where we win. Right. Just, yeah. You, you, you know what I mean? We just, and we that aren't to. talked about. Most people don't know about the Haitian Revolution as opposed to the uprising in 92. Right. Or at least Rodney King. People people are aware. Well, we'll just give Scott Eastwood another chance because he's running out of chances. Wait, wait. What happened? Yeah, whatever. What do you mean what happened? <laughs> With Scott Eastwood? Yeah, Scott Eastwood just, you know, they keep putting him in movies and he keeps fucking not delivering but oh wow uh yeah, yeah i just interviewed him for some movie called dangerous yeah yeah we'll see all right uh we, we gotta get to mailbag before we do a real quick war the whites thinking there was a virginia city councilman who <laughs> went in blackface <laughs> blackface day national blackface day better known as halloween was another hoot for some of our white brothers and sisters out there i saw a little boy dressed up as kobe something like very disrespectful uh he had all blackface all over his face and this no! guy no <laughs> i thought you were gonna say he had a jersey on i did not know nah, he this. had the blackface um and this guy from Virginia is a politician. Uh, he uh, he went as Randy Watson from Sexual Chocolate, which so here's the thing. So here's the thing, it's wrong, <laughs> but <laughs> like it's it's wrong. Hold on, first of all, I got hold on, I gotta put on a hold on, I gotta make sure that it's right. It's wrong. <laughs> It's totally wrong. It's disgusting. It's putrid. It's fucking. D- d- it's vile. Blackface is vile. I personally think that we've made such a goddamn a point about blackface that we've made our point about blackface. Blackface is wrong. It yeah. should never be done. Yeah. It's dehumanizing. This was funny. all right and i want to be a human being okay okay it it, it, like i look at the picture he should have never done it his name is farron hamblin he he was with blackface he was a coming to america character randy watson sexual chocolate and I looked at the picture and this is the fucked up part about black people. See, this is the fucked up part about it sometimes is we like to have a good time. So sometimes that gets in the way of what we should have our minds on, at least for where I'm from. I can't speak for everyone. But I looked at this and I laughed and then I was like, nah, fuck him. But I laughed. <laughs> the first thing was to laugh. It, 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 was, it was funny. Whatever, whatever bad happens to him, it should happen. You know, if he gets fucked over, censured, if he loses his job, blackface, we can't tolerate blackface. Like, is it like it's 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 bad. But I laughed. I got to admit, I laughed. Of course we laughed. It's Randy Watson. You know, right. what I mean? it's who he dressed up as. It's not that he dressed up. It's who he dressed up as that makes it funny. If you don't know who Randy Watson is, shame on you. It's just shame yeah. on you. Even I do. Y'all know I don't see movies. I know who it is. I saw the headline. Then I saw, I said, well, I got to see the picture. Right. I, I saw the picture and I just immediately clicked out of the article. Of course <laughs> I laughed. Of course I chuckled to myself. Right. It is funny. But what's not funny is that I'm so sick of white people acting like 
they don't know what blackface is and of acting course. like they don't know it's wrong. Basically, what, what white people are doing now is dressing up in blackface and then asking for forgiveness later. Oh, right. I didn't mean to offend for in anyone. Yes, you did. You know it's wrong. Yeah. You just really wanted to be Randy Watson. And I get it. He's a mm. funny character. There's a right. whole bit you could do with it. But like the man, he's a politician. He needs to lose his position. He needs to and, lose his position. Like it's not okay. And then he tried to excuse it by talking about like I'm like I'm, Dave Eddie Murphy. Yeah, or Dave no, yeah. you're not. So you really don't care at all. You really just wanted to be Randy Watson. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of nailed it, but get his ass out of here. But if he went out, he went out for fucking comedy. All right, God damn it, it's mailbag. Mailbag time. Time to read your letters and then we'll reply to them. Oh, it's mailbag time. Write us with your queries and we'll chime in. All right, let's go. Come on. Mailbag, 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 mailbag. Here we go. Kyle Farmer asks, what's the number one thing you hope your white listeners learn from your show? Van's gonna say something smart, Alec. I can I say, it's brewing. It's brewing in his head. I'll no, say. The, go ahead, Rachel. Yeah. I'll, I'll say that. Well, one, <laughs> I feel like I want them to know because a lot of y'all came over for the Bachelor for me. I want you to get to know another side of me. That's all. That's the main thing, right? I want you to really get to know Rachel, Big Rach, all of that. Um, so, I'm, and I'm happy for that. But truthfully, I hope that you get an understanding of what it is to be black. You're never going to fully get it because you're not. But you listen to us. You understand our culture better. You understand why things impact and affect us the way that they do. Rather than just, to me, if you're coming and you're listening to us, you want more than a headline. You want more than clickbait. You want some type of level of understanding. And so I hope that you get that from us. And um, yeah, we continue to provide that for you. That's a good answer. Like, I'd like... I just want y'all to get the vibes, you know, come here for the vibes and the laughs and just know that like, you know what? I'm a fucking person, man. I'm like I'm a fucking person. Like I'm a, I'm a dude. And I just want a chance to be a dude while I'm here on earth. I'm just, I'm, I'm a, I'm a person and we have all of these cultural things and they're great. And some of those things, you everyone can enter into and some of those things we want just for us but at the end of the day like it's just i don't know sometimes i feel like being black the one thing they try to do is deperson you i'm a guy i'm a dude i'm a person rachel's a lady a woman a chick okay uh what's his name who foster foster (laughs) what's his Camille, Camille, you sound oh, like shit. Camille. Oh, yeah. I'm a person. I'm a, I'm a son. I'm a. I'm a, I'm a hey, I'm don't a, get on Camille. I'm a brother. I'm a- Camille. Camille <laughs> described it all. Camille was like, yes, but he said, yeah, not black. But I'm all of those. But I'm black though. Camille, that's on Camille. Shout out Camille. That's that's on Camille. But I'm I'm black though. I'm a black person and all of that stuff. All right, uh, let's go. Come on, Donnie. God damn it. Renee Derotis asks. What's a movie you wish you could see for the first time? Oh, this is oh. easy for me. Go for Com- it, Rachel. Coming to America? Is that what you're going to say? No. Right now, no. right now in the present, right. the harder they fall. 
Oh, the Holiday Fall was so good. So good. It was really good. It's really good. Lakeith doing this thing. Jonathan Irons doing Jonathan Majors doing this thing. Uh, uh, light skin, uh, stagecoach Mary, sexy stagecoach Mary. They got um, <laughs> they, they, Idris, they, they, Idris, Idris, just everybody, everybody, so great. Regina, Edie, Regina, Regina, uh, uh, Regina, Regina was probably the best performance in the film. If you ask me, I thought she was great. I liked it. Um, but for me, it's the Matrix. <laughs> like you, I can't describe to you being a 19 year old, being in the movie theater and watching Trinity jump up. And the camera spin around and everybody going, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And then we completely, completely, the movie completely lost us about 30 minutes after that. I'm like, what the fuck? So are we in the real world? Which world is real? Like, what? What is he saying? Can we rewind this? And But then for, the, for it to all come full circle to where we completely understood. And at the end, we actually were flying with Neo at the end of the movie. The Matrix was a fantastic film going experience. All right. Uh, come on, Donnie. All right. Anna Karen Smith asks, how often do you wash your feet? Sign a feet washer. Interesting. Well, we're glad to know that you wash your feet. Mm-hmm. Start there. I'd say once a week. I do it more now, and I'll tell you why. Ever you since sweat? we, it, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I used to, I used to go a strong week and a half. I'm gonna be honest with you. But now I said I, a week. <laughs> I, 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 I now wash them about every three or four days. Oh, that's good. And the reason is, is because Bozeman likes to jump into bed now. Oh, he gets on the sheets though. Yeah, Bozeman jumps in the bed. Oh, like I, 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 be, dog, I gotta be honest with you on guys. The sheets. I got. I got to be honest with you guys. Top tier slumber sleeping with Bozeman is the best. Bozeman jumps in the bed. Bozeman's like a hundred pounds now. Bozeman jumps in the bed. He he comes over and he takes his head and he burls his head into the place where he wants to sleep. And then he then gets into that spot. I mean, and it's right next to you. And after about three breaths, you and Bozeman <laughs> are kind of like breathing at the same time. And then before you know it, everybody's sleep. He is just the most beautiful, cuddly, like affectionate dog ever. I love ever. that you're this way with your dog. But sometimes you, after he's gotten off the bed, you look in the bed and it's like, both with paws are dirty, so you got to rewash the sheets. Oh! In order to continue to for both to be able to get in the bed, which I have to wash the sheets all the time, but it's worth it. It's worth it. To or have you wipe the your dog's paws off after they come out from outside, or before they get in the bed. Before they get in the bed, maybe, maybe I'll do something. Maybe I'll figure something out. But you know, I, I've been washing That's them a so lot more. That's so cute. He's I my love guy. that you let him sleep in the bed with you. He's my guy. <laughs> All right, last question. From Casey or Cassie, what are some adjectives to describe how you want others to feel in your presence? There's only one. And I don't always do a good job of it, but safe. Like Aww. I just like I like is is like I really never felt that around people. I always felt I had to like be something. You know? Who, who, fans gonna say something, fans gonna do something, fans gonna be something. Even around my dad, I always felt had to be on my best behavior. I didn't feel 
you know, so when you're around me, I just, and I don't do a good job of it, uh, with a lot of people with, you know, people, sometimes I've done things to, to, to counteract that, but I just want people to, I want people to feel safe. Uh, that's a great one. I guess mine is kind of like that. I don't know what the adjective is, but I want them to feel like they can be themselves. Right. Right. So whatever that is, open, honest, I don't know which, which adjective I want to use for that, but I want you to feel like you can be yourself. It's amazing. Uh, we got to go. Look, I'm looking at the shelf behind you. Is that a golden calf right there? It's so funny that it looks like that. Wow. I thought that to myself as well. Wow. Jesus Christ. It is an elephant. Okay. Because of the Delta stuff. <laughs> like, I'm going to be honest with you. It, does look it like looks a, a little calf from here. My mom gave this to me. She'll, that's so funny. It looks weird, like it does. Like maybe I should move it to the other side so it's not the first thing people see. Oh, maybe you should turn the elephant so maybe we can see start. his trunk. Because, uh, like, I'm, I'm looking over there. I'm like, Rachel got herself a little golden calf. It still calf, looks huh? like the calf. There's no way it doesn't. It looks oh, it like looks more calfy. It looks more calfy that way. Oh, uh, now it looks like the elephant. Now it looks like an elephant. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But that looks like now you got his ass showing. Elephant twerking. All right. Do you have an unexpected ally of the week? No, no. I do. do. Oh, good. Aaron Rodgers. St- Man, I'll tell you why. Man. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> For Kyrie Irving, no one has helped Kyrie Irving this week more than Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. That's so true. Aaron Rodgers is the unexpected ally of the week only to Kyrie Irving. All right. Other than that, it's stupid, irresponsible, dangerous. And I hope they bring the hammer down on Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. I say forfeit the games and suspend the quarterback. Uh, Rachel. We're out of here. Take your thinking caps off, but do not stop learning. I am Van Lathan Jr., the Mac Man. Okay. And I'm Rachel Lindsay. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>